Hello, and welcome to another episode of Your Story Corner. A safe space designed and created specifically to help you relax and unwind. And if it is that time, to help you settle for a good night's sleep. Here on this podcast, we will be exploring some of the greatest works of fiction, storybooks, fables, classic literature that's passed through generations, read as bedtime stories at tuck-in time. This week, we're going to explore an absolute favourite of all the times when I have gone live on our TikTok channel, Winnie the Pooh. Before we read the first two chapters of the first book, I thought you might be interested in hearing a little connection and history of a possible inspiration for that famous bear. But first, a reminder, this is a podcast to help you relax and unwind. So if you're able to, curl up. Maybe you're in front of a roaring fireplace, like I am here, tucking yourself into bed. We're glad you're here, and thank you for downloading and supporting your story corner. Remember, you are not alone. No matter whatever is going on in your world right now, remember, it will pass. And you are going to be okay. You're going to be okay. And if you haven't heard it today, for whatever reason, maybe today has been little bit difficult, hard, challenging. Maybe you're working through something. Maybe something today has happened you didn't see coming, but you got through it. All the little things that people do not see or take for granted. Or maybe you've done something. Doesn't matter how big or small. I am proud of you. But more importantly, you be proud of you. Always. I'm so glad you're here. And I hope this helps. So let's start then tonight with the true story of the real life Winnie the Pooh. We go back in time to August 24th, 1914. Harry Colborn descended the steps of his rail car into a station platform when an unusual sight caught his eye. A black bear cub, no more than seven months old, at the end of a leash held by a trapper, seeking the attraction of a willing buyer. But in the 27-year-old Canadian soldier, the trapper found the perfect customer. You see, this soldier had always loved animals. 
He had studied veterinary surgery, and after graduation, he settled down to take a job in the Department of Agriculture in Winnipeg, Canada. During a brief stopover in White River, Colborn, the soldier, scooped the little bear into his arms as the trapper explained that he had, unfortunately, uh, removed her mother but couldn't do the same to the orphan cub. And, of course, the captured bear, as you can probably imagine, quickly captured the soldier's heart. So, he purchased the little cuddly cub for just $20, returned to the train with a new pet, and named him Winnie Peg in tribute to his hometown. Now, during the following weeks, um, when he was training with other members of his force, the bear he then nicknamed Winnie proved a trusty companion. And the soldier trained Winnie with rewards of apples and a mixture of condensed milk and corn syrup. And the cub, believe it or not, slept under a cot and followed him around like a puppy. And when not climbing ten poles or playing with her owner, the gentle bear posed for photograph with soldiers and became the regiment's mascot. Of course, in the months and years to come, war broke out. The trenches of France were hardly a place for a man or a woman, let alone a bear. And so, on December 9th, 1914, Colborne brought Winnie to a new home at the London Zoo, which had just opened a new bear habitat that resembled a mountain landscape. Before parting, it is said, the soldier promised to bring Winnie back to Canada once the war was open. Of course, as we all know, tragically, there was no quick end to the Great War. The soldier, like many, endured a harrowing time and experience. However, when he received leave from the front line, Colborne visited Winnie in a new home. Although now she'd grown from a cub into a bear, Winnie remained as gentle as ever. In fact, the zookeeper at the time told a London newspaper in the year 1933 that Winnie was quite the tamest and best-behaved bear we had ever had at the zoo. Children, would you believe, were even allowed to enter the bear bed to ride on Winnie's back or feed her out of their hands. Could you imagine that happening now? Weeks after... The guns finally were lowered, and silence fell in November 1918. Colborne reunited with Winnie. In spite of his promise at the start of the war, however, the soldier could not take the black bear cub back to Canada. He knew that his pet no longer belonged to him, but now to the children and the people of London and those far away who wanted to come and visit. And so, after saying his final goodbye to Winnie, Colborne returned to Winnipeg, where he continued to work for the Department of Agriculture and opened a small animal hospital in the rear of his house. But where is the connection, I can hear you cry? Well, if you haven't worked it out already, among the many children of London who continued to be smitten by Winnie was a young boy named Christopher Robin who repeatedly begged his father, author A. A. Milne, 
to take him to the zoo, where he fed spoonfuls of condensed milk to the friendly black bear in between big furry hugs. <laughs> and Christopher Robin grew so fond of the London Zoo starred attraction that he changed his teddy bear's name from Edward to Winnie the Pooh. An amalgamation of the black bear's name and a mocker he had bestowed upon a swan he used to feed in the morning. And of course, the rest turned into history. Winnie the Boo, the friendly bear, and other stuffed animals in Christopher Robin's nursery, including Piglety or Kangaroo, and later Tigger, served as inspiration for Christopher Robin's father's most enduring writings. A. A. Milne had been a playwright, screenwriter, detective novelist, and a contributor to the humour magazine of the time called Punch, where he first brought the character Winnie the Pooh to life in his 1924 book of children's poetry, When We Were Young. And of course, Winnie the Pooh took on a new found fame through those stories that this was followed up by the publication of a full volume of stories, Winnie the Pooh, in 1926. And of course, as with most literary successes, a sequel was demanded, and The House at Pooh Corner was released two years later. And like the soldier who discovered Winnie in Winnipeg, Colborne, the soldier, A.A. Mill, the soldier, had a connection, having both served in World War I, and the idyllic setting of the escape that is the 100-acre wood was a welcome sanctuary for the horrors of the Western Front that remained fresh in the soldier who saved Winnie and the author who brought the world the many stories. So, upon reflection, from tragic circumstances and the horrors of war came a safe space, a sanctuary, inspired by the little cub called Winnie. And now we have, of course, Winnie the Pooh, made famous all the way around the world through the stories and, most famously, it could be argued, Walt Disney, who still owned various copyright requirements of Winnie the Pooh. However, Winnie the Pooh, the book, is now in the public domain in America and most of the world. You can find out more about the true story of the real-life Winnie the Pooh, history.com, and I've been looking at the work to Christopher Klein, who wrote an article all about it, and other, including the A.A. Milne Society. Well, I hope you found that fascinating. Maybe you can think about that little cub, discovered and saved and given a brand new life. And hopefully the sanctuary of the escaping to A.A. Milne can also help you escape for a moment or two, or help you drift to sleep. For that is the aim here of your story corner. And talking of which, now is the time to settle down and relax. Unwind, and if you can, close your eyes and focus on the sound and the warmth of the crackling fireplace and the sound of my voice
as I read you, possibly, your bedtime story. And close your eyes if you can, and bring the pictures to life vividly as only you can. This, then, is Winnie the Pooh by A. A. Mill. Chapter 1 in which we are introduced to Winnie the Pooh and some bees, and the stories begin. Here is Edward Bear, coming downstairs now. Bump, 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 on the back of his head, behind Christopher Robin. It is as far as he knows, the only way of coming downstairs. But sometimes he feels that there really is another way. If only he could stop bumping for a moment and think of it. And then he feels that perhaps there isn't. Anyhow, here he is at the bottom and ready to be introduced to you. Winnie the Pooh. When I first heard his name, I said, just as you are going to say, but I thought he was a boy. So did I, said Christopher Robin. Then you can't call him Winnie. I don't. But you said, he's Winnie the Pooh. Don't you know what there means? Ah, yes. Now I do, I said quickly, and I hope you do, too because it is all the explanation you are going to get. Sometimes Winnie the Pooh likes a game of some sort where he comes downstairs, and sometimes he likes to sit quietly in front of the fire and listen to a story. This evening, what about a story? said Christopher Robin. What about a story? I said. Could you very sweetly tell Winnie the Pooh one? Well, I suppose I could, I said. What sort of stories does he like? About himself, because he's that sort of bear. <laughs> oh, I see. So could you, very sweetly? I'll try, I said. So... I tried. Once upon a time, a very long time ago now, about last Friday, Winnie the Pooh lived in a forest all by himself under the name of Sanders. What does under the name mean? asked Christopher Robin. Well, it means he had the name over the door in gold letters and lived under it. Winnie the Pooh wasn't quite sure, said Christopher Robin. Now I am, said a growly voice. Then I will go on, said I. One day, when he was out walking, he came to an open place in the middle of the forest. And in the middle of this place was a large oak tree. And, 
from the top of the tree, there came a loud buzzing noise. Winnie the Pooh sat down at the foot of the tree, put his head between his paws, and began to think. Think, 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 think. First of all, he said to himself, That buzzing noise means something. You don't get a buzzing noise like that. Just buzzing and buzzing without it being something. If it's a buzzing noise, somebody's making a buzzing noise. And the only reason for making a buzzing noise that I know of is because you're a bee. And then he thought another long time and said, And the only reason for being a bee that I know of is making honey. And then he got up and said, And the only reason for making honey is so as I can eat it. And so he began to climb the tree. He climbed and he climbed and he climbed. And as he climbed, he sang a little song to himself. And it went like this. Isn't it funny how a bear likes honey? Buzz, buzz, buzz. I wonder why it does. Then he climbed a little further and a little further. And then just a little further. By that time he had thought of another song. It's a very funny thought that the bees were bees. They built their nest at the bottom of trees. And that being so, if the bees were bears, we shouldn't have to climb up 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 all these stairs. He was getting rather tired by this time, so that is why he sang a complaining song. <laughs> he was nearly there now, and if he just stood on that branch, crack! Oh, help! said Boo, as he dropped ten feet on the branch below him. If only I hadn't, he said, as he bounced twenty feet on to the next branch. You see what I meant to do, he explained, as he turned head over heels and crashed onto another branch thirty feet below. What I meant to do, of course, it was rather he admitted, as he slithered very quickly through the next six branches. It all comes, I suppose, he decided, as he said goodbye to the last branch, spun around three times, and flew gracefully into a gorse bush. It all comes of liking honey so much. Oh, help. He crawled out of the gorse bush, brushed the prickles from his nose, and began to think again. And the first person he thought of was Christopher Robin. What's that me? said Christopher Robin in a very awed voice, hardly daring to believe it. Yes, that was you. Christopher Robin said nothing, but his eyes got larger and larger, and his face got pinker and pinker. So Winnie the Pooh went round to his friend Christopher Robin, who lived behind a green door in another part of the forest. Good morning, Christopher Robin, he said. 
Good morning, Winnie the Pooh, said you. I wonder if you've got such a thing as a balloon about you. A balloon? Yes, I just said to myself, coming along, I wonder if Christopher Robin has such a thing as a balloon about him. I just said it to myself, thinking of balloons and wondering. What do you want a balloon for? you said. Winnie the Pooh looked around to see that nobody was listening, put his paw to his mouth and said in a deep whisper, Honey. But you don't get honey with balloons. Oh, I do, said Boo. Well, it just happened that you had been to a party the day before at the house of your friend Piglet, and you had balloons at the party. You had a big green balloon, and one of Rabbit's relations had had a big blue one, and had left it behind, being really too young to go to a party at all. And so you had brought the green one and the blue one home with you. Which one would you like? you asked Boo. He put his head between his paws and thought very carefully. Well, you see, it's like this, he said. When you go after honey with a balloon, the great thing is not to let the bees know you're coming. Now if you have a green balloon, they might think you are only part of the tree and not notice you. And if you have a blue balloon, they might think you're only part of the sky and not notice you. And the question is, which is the most likely? Well... Wouldn't they notice you underneath the balloon? You asked. Well, they might, or they might not, said Winnie the Pooh. You never can tell with bees. He thought for a moment and said, I shall try to look like a little black rain cloud. That will deceive them. Well... Then you had better have the blue balloon, you said. And so it was decided. So you both went out with the blue balloon, and you took your gun with you, just in case, as you always did. And Winnie the Pooh went to a very muddy place that he knew of, and he rolled and rolled until he was black all over. And then... When the balloon was blown up as big, well, as big as you, and Boo were both holding onto the string, you let go suddenly, and Pooh Bear floated gracefully up into the sky and stayed there, level with the top of the tree and about twenty feet away from it. Hooray! you shouted. Isn't that fine? shouted Winnie the Pooh down to you. What do I look like? You look like a bear holding on to a balloon, you said. Not, said Pooh anxiously, not a, like a little black rain cloud in the sky. Not very much. Ah, well, perhaps from up here it looked different. And, as I say, you never can tell with bees. 
There was no wind to blow him nearer to the tree, so there he stayed. He could see the honey, he could smell the honey, but he couldn't quite reach the honey. After a little while, he called down to you. Christopher Robin, he said in a loud whisper. Hello? I think the bees suspect something. What sort of thing? I don't know, but something tells me that they are suspicious. Perhaps they'll think that you're after their honey. Yes, it may be that. You never can tell with bees. There was another little silence, and then he called down to you again. Christopher Robin. Yes? Have you got an umbrella in your house? I think so. Well, I wish you to bring it out here and walk up and down with it and look up at me every now and then and say, Tut, tut, it looks like rain. I think if you did that, it would help the deception for which we are practicing on these bees. Well, you laugh to yourself, silly old bear. But you didn't say it aloud because you are so fond of him. And you went home for your umbrella. Oh, there you are, called down Winnie the Boo, as soon as you got back to the tree. I was beginning to get anxious. I have discovered that the bees are now definitely suspicious. Shall I put my umbrella up? you said. Yes, but wait a moment. We must be radical. The important bee to deceive is the queen bee. Can you see which is the queen bee from down there? No. A pity. Well, if you would walk up and down with your umbrella, saying, Tut, tut, it looks like rain. I shall do what I can by singing a little cloud song. Such as a cloud might sing. So, while you walked up and down and wondered if it would rain, Winnie the Pooh sang this song. How sweet to be a cloud floating in the blue. Every little cloud always sing aloud. How sweet to be a cloud floating in the blue. It makes him very proud. To be a little cloud. The bees were still buzzing as suspiciously as ever. Some of them indeed left their nests and flew all around the cloud as it began the second verse of this song. And one bee sat down on the nose of the cloud for a moment and then got up again. Christopher Robin called out the cloud. Yes, I have just been thinking, and I have come to a very important decision. These are the wrong sort of bees. Are they? Yes, quite the wrong sort. So I think they would make the wrong sort of honey, shouldn't you? Would they? Yes, so I think I shall come down now. Well, how? asked you. 
Winnie the Pooh hadn't thought about this. If he had let go of the string, he would fall. Bump. And he didn't like the idea of that. So he thought for a long time, and then he said, Christopher Robin, you must shoot the balloon with your gun. Have you got it? Of course I have, you said. But if I do that, it will spoil the balloon, you said. But if you don't, said Boo, I shall have to let go, and that would spoil me. And when he put it like this, you saw how it was, and you aimed very carefully at the balloon and fired. Oh, said Boo, did I miss? you asked. You didn't exactly miss, said Boo, but you missed the balloon. Oh, I'm so sorry, you said, and you fired again, and this time you hit the balloon and the air came slowly out, and Winnie the Boo floated down to the ground. But his arms were so stiff from holding on to the string of the balloon all that time that they stayed up straight in the air for more than a week. And whenever a fly came and settled on his nose, he had to blow it off. Poof! And I think, but I'm not sure, that is why he was always called Pooh. Is that the end of the story? asked Christopher Robin. That's the end of that one. There are others. About Pooh and me. Yes, and Piglet and Rabbit and all of you. No, do you remember? I do remember. And then when I try to remember, I forget. That day when Pooh and Piglet tried to catch the heifer lump, didn't catch it, did they? No. Pooh couldn't, because he hasn't any brain. Did I catch it? Well, that comes into the story. Christopher Robin nodded. I do remember, he said. Only Pooh doesn't very well. So that's why he likes having it told to him again. Because then it's a real story and not just a remembering. That's just how I feel, I said. Christopher Robin gave a deep sigh and picked his bear up by the leg and walked off to the door trailing Pooh Bear behind him. At the door he turned and said, I didn't hurt him when I shot, did I? Not a bit. He nodded and went out. And in a moment, I heard Winnie the Pooh bump, 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 going up the stairs behind him. And so ends Chapter 1 of Winnie the Pooh by A.A. A. Mill.
Well, I hope you enjoyed that. And maybe after listening to the story of Winnie from Winnipeg, the little black cub saved by the soldier, taken to London to entertain and warm the hearts of children all around the world. Maybe you have a new connection and feelings behind this famous bear. Well, we have run out of time yet again for another Your Story podcast. But don't worry, we'll be back to read more chapters from Winnie the Pooh soon. Next week, it is of course the famous day of love. February the 14th, Valentine's Day. Now, wherever you are and whatever your situation, the greatest lovers are of all is for oneself and no matter your situation you will be able to hear some of the world's greatest love poems and sonnets in a special valentine's day edition of this podcast look out for that next week but i hope you've enjoyed tonight or whenever you're listening to this around the world and we appreciate and value all of you listening from wherever you are getting your podcast Thank you for sharing it as well around the world. We love and appreciate that. And thank you for rating the podcast. I do hope you have enjoyed it so much you'll be compelled to leave us a rating or a little written uh, testimony. It really helps us break through and reach more people. We will still, from time to time, be going live on our TikTok channel. So if you aren't already following us there, make sure to search us on TikTok your story corner and join us for a live bedtime story you can find out more about us by going to yourstorycorner.com and following us across all our social media platforms we'd love to hear from you so let us know what you think about the episodes what famous literary characters and books and stories would you like to know a little bit about and hear a chapter of before you go to sleep but for now it's time to say good night and sleep tight and join us again soon for another your story corner till next time bye for now